Welcome to the Inspired Way Podcast. This show is designed to inspire and empower you to face the daily storms of life with passion, strength, and courage. We believe that we can be transformed by the testing of these storms, growing stronger, not wavering in our faith, and a knowing that our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, we'll be perfect and complete, body, soul, and spirit. For we seek to control the controllables and nothing more. Our goal with this show and company is to keep a posture of learning by renewing our minds daily and taking action on what we have learned so that when the storms of life come our way, we are ready to face the storm. We, 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 we are ready to face the storm. Welcome back to the Inspired Way podcast. I am your host, Tim Douglas, and I am excited that you're here. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for leaving a rating and review for those that have done so. If you haven't done so, please press pause right now. Go leave a rating and review. Come back to this. Definitely want to come back to this because it's going to be a great episode. But leave a rating and review. You wouldn't believe how how much that really does help. You know, it's kind of funny, you know, how algorithms work in Facebook and Instagram and all these other things. So same is true for uh, podcasts. Uh, the ratings and reviews go a long ways towards pushing this message out. You know what else does a long ways to pushing this message out? And that is you sharing it. So if you find any episode uh, worthy of a share or it spoke to you in some way or another, I would challenge you. I challenge you to send it to three people, maybe five people, but send it to them and tell them what you took away from it. Some of the things that you really liked about that episode and just say, hey, I think you would enjoy this too and send them the link. That would be huge. And I would be forever indebted (laughs) to you for that. So thank you so much for those that do share it, whether you're sharing it on uh, social media, which is amazing and great. You're sharing in your stories, you're tagging me. Thank you so much. But I also challenge you to share it specifically to three other people and say, hey, I challenge you to listen to this. Let me know what your takeaways were. Kind of have a discussion about it. Which brings me to a a thought that I've had. I've not done this, have not even gone this direction, but I thought, would there be any value or do you guys see any value in having a page, a forum where we could discuss different topics and episodes with other listeners? I have that ability to do that. It's just a matter of saying, hey, go here. If that is something that you'd be interested in doing, a free platform where we could all just collaborate and share ideas and thoughts and takeaways from the uh, the podcast or the different episodes, hey, by all means, let me know. Please send me an email, tim at timdouglasinspires.com or DM me on Instagram or Facebook and let me know. I don't want to necessarily start down a path that's not going to be add value to you guys. I just want to add value. So if that adds value to you, uh, is something that you would love to do and continue. Uh, again, it's outside of the social world, so it wouldn't be a part of those. It would be on my own website. So if that is something you're interested in doing, let me know. All right. Also want to say thank you to Naked Warrior and Salty Bridges for sponsors of this episode and this podcast. They are amazing company, uh, uh, amazing brands and companies, uh, all built here in the U.S. of A. And so I'm excited to have these brands that are built here in the U.S. They are, you're supporting, not only you're supporting U.S. brands with Naked Warrior, you're supporting a U.S. Navy SEAL veteran. Uh, He is it's Navy SEAL veteran owned and operated with Will, by Will Brenham, um, who you'll hear on the podcast again here pretty soon. I'm super excited to have him back. He's become a really good friend. And um, so I, I have become friends with him. I've become friends with Amy Tucker with Salty Bridges. I know them. I trust them. I really like them both. So you know that you can trust these products, putting them inside and on your body. So with Naked Warrior Recovery, I use the Navy SEAL Super Greens every single morning. Just make sure I get my greens in, ready to go. Uh, I also started adding red beets, uh, or it's kind of a red mixture. It's kind of a superfood mixture, but it's heavy on the beets. Heavy on the beets. Uh, no, I just didn't. That, that, was, that was terrible. All right, guys. So, and then I also had a nootropic in there. I got to have fun here. A nootropic in there, which is just brain food. And I have that every single morning, just kind of helps get things going. 
And then um, the uh, gummies. Man, I love the gummies at night. The Navy Seal uh, sticks, which are the CBD energy sticks. Uh, those are so good to drink. Uh, my wife loves them, uh, really helps her. Sometimes she's having a tough day and those help her get through the day, just takes the edge off. And so for me, I love them as well. There's so many great products. I can't go through them all, but, uh, also if you're getting after it, um, whether it's yard work, whether it's, uh, workouts, whether it's hiking, biking, swimming, whatever it may be, and you got a little chafe going on or some blisterings, blisters happening, uh, definitely try Salty Bridges. Uh, it's an amazing product. It has saved me from so many blisters, or I've had some chafe. I've added it to, you know, put that over the top of the chafe because I had some more activity to do, and it kept me from uh, furthering the problem, let's just say. It, it actually helped uh, the problem. So try these guys out. Uh, risk-free, and uh, you're not only supporting them, but you're also supporting this podcast, Uh, but make sure you use the codes on the website, timdouglasinspires.com, that's timdouglasinspires.com forward slash partners, and those links are on that page, as well as the codes, so Buffalo 24, Naked Warrior, or Inspire 24, Salty Bridges, and you can save yourself some money. All right, now, Let's get back into this episode. I'm super excited, like I said, to have Kyle Thompson on. Kyle Thompson is the founder of Undaunted Life and is the host of Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. And when it says a man's podcast, it is a man's podcast. Uh, Guys, he's really tackling some of the challenges that we as men face, and that's what this episode is all about as well. But he is on a mission. The mission of Undaunted Life is to equip men to push back darkness, uh, not only in their own lives, but also in the communities around them. Uh, They do so by providing content that forges a spiritual, a mental, and a physical uh, resilience. And so you'll find that in this episode here today as we tackle uh, some very challenging topics, some very uh, tough things that uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about, a lot of churches don't even want to talk about, uh, some of the the culture, the way culture is going today, most won't deal with it. So we hit those today. We also talk about, um, you know, just facing the challenges of being a manly man uh, as a Christian and uh, finding our place within the modern day church and then the challenges of the modern church that they they face today. We also really focus on the need to um, uh, really be about the lion of Judah as well as the Lamb of God. And most of us just focus on the Lamb or most churches focus on the Lamb of God and we forget about the Lion of Judah. So, Guys, I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Get your pens out. Get your paper out because he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot of uh, value to add to us men, us manly men. (laughs) You're going to enjoy this conversation. I know you will. And then definitely check out Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Uh, You're going to get a lot of good stuff out of him as well. I just don't want to keep him for myself. We talk about that. Share. Share the love. So I'm sharing him with you. Here is Kyle Thompson with Undaunted Life. Thanks again, first of all, for uh, jumping on and and doing this. I have actually followed you uh, and did not really know who you were for many years and mainly through the devotions that you were Mm -hmm. doing through uh, the Bible app. And so a lot of the Undaunted type stuff uh, that you have on there, I've kind of done, walked through those and then never was introduced to the podcast really or anything. It was just, I just thought these were devotionals, which were really cool. So how did you get, you know, a little bit of back, back history on you, like, you know, uh, and then how do you got into all of this? Yeah, I guess the short version of the story is, you know, at the age of 13, my parents got divorced, which doesn't make me unique. It makes me, you know, normal, like most half of kids in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Raise your hand, raise your hand at that. uh, (laughs) Right. So, but around the same time that that was happening, you know, you're 13 years old, you're thinking about, you know, how, how do you become a man? And now your dad's not mm-hmm. living in the house and you don't see him as often. Um, and then as a sophomore in high school, I accepted Christ. And so now I'm trying to learn how to be a Christian as I'm learning how to be a man. Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, the thought came to me, it's like, okay, well, these things are oil and water. All the manly men are off doing other things and all the godly men are inside the church. So right. I didn't see them as one and the same. 
And I kept that paradigm into my early 20s. And then, you know, as I kind of got into my mid 20s, I was like, man, I feel like people, like manly men, are missing out on who Jesus is because they mm. walk into the church and they're like, look at all these doughy, you know, frumpy <laughs> dudes. Like, I don't want to yeah. be like these guys. Like, it's the guys out there at the range, it's the guys out there at the gym. Like, those are the guys that that are more so like me. And so that that kind of coalesced with, you know, I was a member of Life Church, which is, you know, I guess the biggest church in yeah. the United States. Uh, they're, you know, a few miles away from my house. I was there for years. And I got on version one day. That's the, the Bible app, which everyone should know about by now. And I mean, I looked at the men's devotionals and I was struck and I didn't have the words for it at the time, but I was struck by the fact that these didn't feel like men's devotionals. These felt like women's devotionals for men. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it was like a woman or an effeminate man wrote it. And then they put like, you know, steel or wood or armor or something <laughs> right. like that. On the, it's like, uh, okay, you're like, you're pretending. Um, and then I, you know, I, I talked to one of the staff members. I was like, why do the men's men, men's devotional suck so bad? And he's like, well, all right, hot shot. How about you write one? Mm. And so that led to me, you know, accepting the challenge. I wrote uh, the first, the 21 day devotional, um, you know, the 21 day men's devotional. And I didn't think they'd accept it. They accepted it. I didn't think it'd do well. It did unbelievably yeah, well. Sure. Um, even at one point, it was the second most read men's devotional on the entire app, only behind Craig Rochelle's, who wow. is the leader of the church that invented the app. Right. And so it's right. like, and I think they give him a little bit of a push, uh, let's say, to make sure that his content sure. is, is well read. Um, and so that, that just kind of kicked everything off. And in the future, like immediately, just like with any good, you know, Netflix or Amazon se- series, you, you binge watch the show that took three years to make. And then you're like, Hey, Hey, Where's the next season? Yeah, I need the next exactly. season right now. It's like, do you know what, what went into making that? And so that was kind of what I experienced is after the 21 day, 21 day devotional was done. You know, it was like, hey, when's the next one going to come out? And I was like, God, like, you know, I God has given me the skill set of writing and it's something I've developed, but it's not something that I t- typically enjoy. I like sure. to put five bullet points on a piece of paper and then just flow for 45 minutes. Yeah. And so the, the medium that allows you to do that is podcasting. And so that's kind of how I got into that. And then, you know, here we are today where it's, it's seen kind of explosive growth and a lot of guys uh, listen to it and, and kind of take it in and it's done well for us. Awesome. Yeah. It's definitely done well for you for sure. And congrats on all of that. And, uh, Thank you. you know, I think it's, uh, it, it, I, I'm with you. I, I think I could sit down and, and put something together on paper or even, you know, try to portray things on social, you know, through words but it's a lot easier and better, like having uh, the bullet points and just uh, extemporaneously letting it roll. Uh, and, you know, but there, there's also a gift in what you do too. And it's, 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 it's actually coming out through the writing, it's coming out through mm-hmm. some of that. And I think we all have, maybe we just don't lean into, uh, we all have different gifts and, and some are stronger than others. And so I, I think there's definitely a gift there that you have because you've definitely reached and spoken to many men in that way. So let's dive right in because you hit on something that I actually had written down. It was probably later in the list of, of thoughts that I had, you know, just kind of thinking through uh, how to approach this, but you already brought it up and that is the doughy men, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the church. And it's like, that's, uh, I think uh, David Morrow wrote a book, Why Men Hate Church. And, Why men uh, hate going to church, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge. And I think, that's, I think we're still in the middle of that. I was just on a, on a thread not that long ago, probably two weeks ago, and similar similar question came up. Uh, how many of you men aren't going to church and why, why is that? And the, some of the same reasons were because there's no manly men in church or churches or churches are more feminine. How do we, uh, cause that's, that's a challenge, man. It's a challenge that we all men face. And, uh, obviously the, the word is clear about the, uh, the assembly of the saints. Uh, but so how do we, uh, uh, men who are buffaloes who are strong in that way still take a step in because I've bumped up against it. I've been in church leadership for many years. And, uh, you know, I've bumped up against that even in planting churches or whatever. So, well, a lot of churches are really worried about men's programming and they're not worried about making their churches man friendly. And so I think that's the main issue is you go to plant a church and then, you know, in, I've never planted a church. So you would be the one informing me on this, but from an outsider, you're looking for a location. You're looking Mm -hmm. for a community that could support such a church. And by support, that means help pay the bills. Uh, You want to make sure that there's a need for the gospel to be spread, which is basically every neighborhood, everywhere on the planet. Even if you're in a highly saturated church environment that I live in, in Oklahoma, 
but again, you start thinking about the things you can do. And so maybe you're, you're in an area with a lot of homeless. So there's, you know, a homeless ministry. Maybe you're living in an area with a lot of single mothers. So a single mother's ministry, or maybe it's a food pantry, or you're thinking about these different ministries yeah. and things you can do. And the women, they <laughs> want to be in a room together and they want to sit in a circle and they want to talk yeah. about their feelings and talk about their <laughs> relationships and talk about the thing. And I forget where it was. I, I think it was a so John Eldridge has a new book uh, out about about men, you know, kind of doing mm, yep. a year together of, of stuff like that. And I'm bringing him on the show here uh, here in a bit to talk about it. And I believe this is a quote from that. But it's like, if the only reason for you to meet is for you to talk about your relationship, men will not do that for very long. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, a lot of churches think men's ministry. Okay, let's get them all together on a Saturday morning. <laughs> we'll bring in a retired football player who yeah. used to do drugs and have sex with a bunch of random hoes. And then we'll bring him in and he'll talk about how Jesus saved him from that life of depravity. And then we're going to break up into small groups. And you guys can just, here's your list of seven questions to talk about for the next 15 minutes awkwardly, and then kind of move on. But you're forcing men into a group that mm. they didn't earn. And that's yeah. the thing about men is we connect shoulder to shoulder before we connect eyeball to eyeball, whereas mm-hmm. women connect eyeball to eyeball and may never connect shoulder to shoulder. And so if you think about the hunter gatherer cultures, you know, for the bison over your shoulder, if you're, you know, I'm, I'm Choctaw Indian. So with the Choctaw Indian people, whenever they were hunting buffalo, I'm sure the men weren't sitting around in a circle that morning right. talking about how much they love each other and how much they, yeah. they can't wait to go on this hunt together. And it's, it's such a cool thing for the, they were quiet. They were stoic as they were waiting for the animal or animals to come into sight for the hunt. They were likely shoulder to shoulder. And in those moments, the banter and the chat and the man, you did such a good job today. That happens after the kill, right? After the animal has been taken down, after they've given thanks to whatever, you know, dirt or sun God they were thinking at the moment. Those are the things that are important. So churches, they're focusing on, on putting out guest speakers and chili cook-offs mm. and all that stuff, which is fine. That's not men's ministry. You're right. not going to have this 100%. emboldened group of men that are going to be learning how to be biblically masculine. And I think this goes back and, and I'll stop with this because I know I'm, I'm getting all fired up. Like it's my good. I love it. Um, uh, Stephen Pre- or Stephen Mansfield is Mansfield. is a friend of mine, and Mansfield uh, mentioned on his podcast like two or three years ago about how he knew these these couple of guys had the best men's ministries in the country that he'd ever heard of. Blah blah blah. So I reached out to Stephen. I was like, "Hey, you're gonna have to connect me with these people. This is my area." And so he connects me with this guy out on the East Coast who's got this church. And one of the first questions I asked him is, "I said, hey, um, you know, I, Stephen told me that you have the best." men's ministry he's ever seen. What is it that you do? And he just kind of smiles at me and he goes, we don't have a men's ministry. (laughs) And at that moment, I was like, oh, I must be talking to the wrong person. Maybe I sent the wrong email. Maybe Steven, you know, connected me with the wrong person. He goes, no, 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 you're with the right person. He's like, I don't worry about putting programs together for men. I worry about making my church man friendly. That was the Mm. first time I had ever heard someone talk about a church and use the phraseology of man friendly. And so he's in an area where there's a lot of uh, special operations guys, retired and active duty. Uh, He himself is, is a very masculine man. He does difficult things, but he's making the church palatable. So through his sermon content, through the decorations on the walls, through the music that they're singing, the music Mm. is one of the most important things because a man that's maybe not super in tune with his emotions, he's going to look at these words on a screen and he's like, he's not going to know why he doesn't want to sing them, but it's like, well, because you're singing about Jesus, like he's your lover. And that just doesn't agree with most guys. Like we want to follow a strong man. We want to follow General MacArthur. We want to follow Theodore Roosevelt in the battle. These are the things that we want. We don't want some guy that's our lover and our friend, Mm. a guy that we can embrace close to our bosom as we develop a deeper loving relationship with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I actually wrote down, I'm glad you mentioned Stephen Mansfield because I wrote down doing things together, Stephen Mansfield. (laughs) So, um, and so you brought him up, which is great because that's uh, something he talks a lot about in his book of uh, Stephen Mansfield's book of Manly Men. Mm -hmm. And it's about doing things together. And I I think you're you're spot on there. And then the other thing that you mentioned that I really uh, liked was man friendly. And I was challenged by this, you know, I, you know, I wasn't the senior pastor. I was, you know, an associate there in the church and helping build it and, and whatnot and plants. And, but yet as I'm learning these things, you know, I'm trying to project these things out or trying to implement these things as well. But then, you know, you bump up against something and I wasn't sure what I was bumping up against. And then my coach at the time, this was several years ago, 
my coach at the time, he said, Tim, he goes, you know, he, he lived in California. I'm in Idaho. Um, at the time I was in Idaho and he's like, uh, Tim, you're the only alpha in your life. He says, you need to find other alphas because you, there's stuff inside of you that is just aching to come out, but it's being suppressed. And I started, that really challenged me for a little bit. Cause I'm like, oh, gosh, what the heck? And then as I started digging into that a little bit, I started seeing like, no, he's actually right. And, and I think uh, to your point, and I think uh, I, this, I heard this on another podcast a couple of years back uh, and uh, it was in regards to uh, Life Church and why they're so successful as far as, you know, you've got this kind of manly pastor, you know, who's, who's, who works out, who's buff or whatever. And you got these, you know, so it, it draws that, like you said, that strong uh, appearance. Jesus was a strong appearance. He drew men to him. Uh, so uh, I think that's the challenge is finding others, you know, as I started thinking about this, because I did want to bring this subject up and I'm glad we've gone here. And it's, for me, it was like, I started studying like sheepdog then. Okay. I, you know, you see an issue, you run towards it. But then as I started studying in sheepdogs, like, cause I hear what you're saying and I totally agree with you a thousand percent, but now I'm starting to think, what about the other guy who is soft, who is, who is he, but still a, a man or still a male. Right. And so how do we get them to play their role uh, as well inside of the church and still yeah. be that uh, without being like, oh, they might not be that special ops type uh, right. persona or whatever. And the thing that came to me, and I'd love to hear your take on this, is I started studying out sheepdogs. And sheepdogs, there's one out front, one on the back, one in, on the sides, and then there's a dog in the middle. And when something, when a, uh, a threat comes, uh, the, generally the ones on the either threat comes from behind a threat from the side or, or wherever that is the point person. And they go, the other ones kind of help the other sheep find safety. And I think what we're finding or what I see, um, and we saw it and you mentioned it on one of your podcasts, which is the bystander effect where men just don't want to do anything. And, and so I guess that's the challenge for me is like, I, I want to see more, but I want guys not necessarily running into the storm. Yes, run through the storm or run into the storm. But then there's got to be some that are like, hey, we're here to protect too. You know, we're, we're protectors. Um, so what's your take or thoughts on that? Yeah, you're bringing up a lot of things. I do want to go back to one thing real quick on, yeah. on the Life Church thing, having been there for over 10 years yeah. uh, previously. I, I think I'm, I'm one to speak to that. Um, Life Church is very much so a CEO church model, not necessarily a biblically based church model. And I know sure. that's that's a bit of a, an overstatement, but it does it does uh, bear out some some accuracy. You know, they're kind of you know setting up these uh, satellite campuses and different things like that. It's almost like McDonald's, you know, sure. doing another franchise in another franchise, city. Yep. Um, and so that that's a little bit difficult. And also it's more of a cult of personality. And I don't mean that in the cult sense. I mean, in the phraseology of cult of personality, because if Craig were to leave Life Church, Life Church folds, that, that's right. basically, they were not set up to work autonomously. And I've even asked their church leadership, the guy right under Craig, what happens if Craig gets hit by a bus or attacked by, you know, a pack of rabid wolves and doesn't come yeah. into work for the rest of his life? You know, what do y'all do? They didn't have a plan. And so wow. maybe they've, yeah. they've, they've got a plan in place, but you know, that's very, very top heavy over there. Uh, and, and I don't mean any of this to be, I guess I do mean it to be a little bit critical, but all also, men are well, going to life church because Craig is masculine. Men go to life yeah. church because it's easy. It's skittles. Yeah. It's yeah. spiritual skittles. So you get your skittles. You know, you get your your delicious coffee. Seeker friendly. You, you forget. Yeah, it's seeker friendly. Yeah. But then you forget because it, it's it's TED talks with Bible verses sprinkled on top. Yeah. Um, and it it becomes a little bit harder to make it. You know, that real meaty thing that that men right. need. That's why people stay there for a while and then they they either stop going to church altogether or they move on to a different church. Um, and I guess you were wanting to ask a little bit of a follow-up on that. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think you hit on something that, you know, I think there's a lot of churches that are that way that are just, um, and that's the challenge is right now that one of the challenges that I had, and this is a whole nother subject, that one of the challenges that I saw within the church, specifically through COVID and, and, and stuff is, is, is just a, there is no backbone within it. And, and I think well, that goes, comes from part it, of some of the leadership. 
Well, I think this goes back to the point you were making about men, because a lot of times when people hear me hear me speak, I was just on a debate show over in the UK called Unbelievable, and they kind of pitted me against this person who's way more on the effeminate side. I'm way more on the alpha side. They tried to, you know, align me with Mark Driscoll, even though they don't know Mike Dr- Mark Driscoll. I don't know Mark Driscoll. You know, I yeah. would never co-sign any of the bullying tactics he used, but right. a lot of things they thought was bullying was him just calling out men for being pussies. And so at the same time, for me, I don't care what you're into as a man. Okay. So I'm into the stuff that you would consider to be caricature masculinity. I like mm-hmm. shooting guns. I like fighting. I like eating yeah. meat. I like drinking whiskey. I like smoking <laughs> cigars. You know, I, I like driving four wheel drive. Like I, those are the things that I like to do. None of those things make me a man. Right. None of them, like right. none of them at all. No. Um, and so if someone's like, I'm struggling being a man, what should I do? I'm not going to say bench press and eat beef jerky. Like I, you know, <laughs> right. Those, those are good things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I happen to like them. But I stir some things within him a little bit, but it's not right, going to make him a man. Yeah. But let's say you're into making gourmet meals and, and mm. you're an artist. And so you make, you make these beautiful Christmas cards for people that to sell and, and to give to their family members. And, and you love listening to classical music. And, and one of your favorite things to do exercise wise is, is to, to walk like, mm-hmm. it, like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care at undaunted life. We think a man, we say a man is someone that cultivates spiritual, mental, and physical resilience on a daily basis. 100%. And everyone's got their roles to play. Some people are born sheepdogs. No one had to train them to run towards right. the sound of anger or sounds of danger. They just do that. It's who they are, right? Whereas some men have this natural comforting aspect inside of them. You know, for me, and even in my personality, I've avoided so many fist fights in my life with me or with my friends, because when that situation pops off, I turn into like the local mayor. I'm just like, hey man, it's no big deal. Like, you sure. guys, you obviously have control of this bar. I'm going to bow down to you. Here, let me pick up your tab and I'm going to get me and my buddies out of here. Does that work? You know, it's just different. Whereas other guys, they're not going to say a word. They're just going to blast you in the nose. And so mm. everyone's got their role to play. But what I think we do is we've taken these, these roles and we, we basically said, you know, complementarianism doesn't exist. Everything's about egalitarianism. You know, uh, the, the genders are, there's no differences. It's kind of this sneaking in of gender theory into the modern church. And we try mm. to, you know, we've, we've kind of messed up and we've grayed all the areas of gender roles because, because that makes us feel better. And it helps, you know, get our follow following up on Instagram right. or something like that. But if you're a guy and you're not that natural, strong sheepdog type person, that just means you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to work harder yeah. than the guy that that comes naturally to. Right. So think mm-hmm. about it in terms of athletics. Like I was, I'm not very tall. I'm not, uh, I have some natural skill sets, but I was always on teams with guys that were naturally better than me. So the only way I could get up to their level was to outwork them in jujitsu right now. I have some natural uh, grappling skill. I have some unique things with my body that allow me to get into certain positions easier than other people. But the reason why I beat people at tournaments is because I'm, I'm relentless and I'm never going to get beat by somebody having better cardio than me. It's because I'm having to work harder to get to that same level. But we give men in churches, especially we give them nothing to aspire to. And we give them nothing to shoot for and nowhere to help. And I made this point on that, that show over in the UK. I said, men will go where they're needed. They don't care about being Mm. wanted as Mm. much. They will go where they're needed. And if they perceive that they're not needed in the church, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go to the golf course. They're going to start reading through fantasy football magazines, getting ready for the next draft. That's what they're going to go do. If they walk into the church and every single job is already taken, every single gap is filled by either a woman or an effeminate man, they're not going to hang out. Yeah. Great point. Great point. And so it ties really well into, I think, your message with the lion uh, and the lamb. And a lot of it has been taught uh, about the the lamb portion of it. And I totally get that and resonate with that. And so how do, I guess, you know, if the churches aren't going to, you know, essentially, because then to say the churches would change is, is basically to say that now we have all pastors on board, right? With having this balance of, no, it's not just the lion, it's the lion and the lamb. You know, it's not just the lamb. It's the lamb and the lion. Mm -hmm. And so having that conversation. So I love what you're doing. And I love, you know, the path that I'm on is a similar path. And that is to get guys together, to have this physical, spiritual, and mental, you know, um, fortitude to be able to, to, to have both and love both, to be the lion and the lamb. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because you, you say that way better than I just did. Uh, 
And I think that's the challenge for men that I, that are listening today that might be sitting in that space that has been more like a lion, or excuse me, more like a you know a lamb, but yet they know they need to be more of a lion. They know that you know, hey, I I'm, I don't necessarily resonate with this, but it's just the way culture is. Yeah, the the point isn't uh, them trying to be more like a lion or, or them you know trying to to get away from being a lamb. The point that I make to people. Uh, is there in mo- in modern Christendom, there is an overemphasis on the Lamb of God and almost a complete ignoring of the Lion of Judah. And some people, when I say that, they think, oh, sacrilege. You're saying mm-hmm. the Lamb of God's not important. It's like, no, you're just not listening close enough to what I'm saying. Because every time I do speeches, I, I usually try to, to get, a, get a sense of this. I say, raise your hand if in the last year, you know that your lead pastor mm-hmm. has mentioned the Lamb of God. Every single hand goes up. I was like, all right, hands down. Now, in the last year, if you know for a fact that your pastor has mentioned the Lion of Judah, raise your hand. And wouldn't you know it? It's a smattering of hands. Like, ah, one over here, a couple over there. It's not discussed and it's not talked about. The problem is, is people are viewing Jesus through the lens of Lamb of God only. And that is incorrect. He's Lamb of God and Lion of Judah. Not 50% Lamb, 50% Lion. He's 100% both. Same thing. Grace and truth. He's mm-hmm. both, right? You know, he, he's grace and he's judgment. He's, he's both these things at the same time. And our pea brains can't really reconcile that, how someone can be grace and truth at the same time. But how many times did Jesus deal with sinners and they didn't walk away feeling condemned? Yeah. How, how does one do that? You tell someone what mm-hmm. you're doing is sinful and wrong and you're hurting the heart of a judgmental and angry God. And I love you. That's weird to us, right? Because we live in this yeah. this binary world of of ones and zeros and black and white and red and blue and Republican and uh, you know Democrat, and we can't have we can't hold two thoughts in our brain simultaneously at once. But the reality is, is if you're only talking about the Lamb of God, that is naturally going to only appeal to one segment of your audience. Naturally, right. now there are effeminate men, you know, there that's a certain segment of the population, but this tender caring, loving Jesus that's just walking around telling all the women how good their hair looks and how much he wants to hang out with them and you know do you know bead work and what I that's great for one segment of your population. But men want to follow a warrior typically, right? A typical right. man wants a strong man that they can model after and follow after. And that's the lion of Judah. That's the guy that comes back with a sword dipped in blood, in mean, a robe dipped in blood, a sword in his mouth, a tattoo on his leg. You know, <laughs> it's that for whatever reason. And we can't Conquered, really yeah. elucidate that. That just fits with what we want more often. But I think the the inappropriate thing, and, we, and this isn't just modern church, for how many hundreds of years has Jesus been depicted as this effeminate, mm. soft-featured white guy, right? right it's yeah. like, Jesus didn't look like that. Right? right. He was a Middle Eastern Jewish carpenter. <laughs> this was a rough dude that, you know, reporting from the time shows that he was not an, an especially attractive man. Right. Mm. It wasn't like this is Brad Pitt in the Middle East right. building tables for people. And all combed he, hair yeah, he, he dies for us. Right. You know, that's the thing that I think most people are getting wrong. And so as a man, if that's your view of who Jesus is, you don't want to follow that guy. Mm. That's not a guy you would want to follow into battle. And if we're doing battle in the spiritual realm, which is way yeah. harder and way more important than the physical realm. Isn't it that much harder to follow this, this you know, idea of this effeminate savior? Sorry, I'm not into it. Most guys aren't into it. No, absolutely. And I think, I think that, that that is the challenge is finding that, you know, dare I say balance, but it's that, you know, uh, you know, be anger, but sin not. Right. So go and clear out the tables, but yet still not step over into anger uh, or, or excuse me, into sin while you're doing it or to have grace, but yet still be uh, or be loving, but yet still send the message uh, that's firm. And I think, you know, at the very beginning, when we talked about it, is the, the challenge and, you know, the personality test is like, oh, rhino and buffalo and just, ah, you know, I'm the same way. And I've, I have had to learn like uh, the delivery is is generally just as important as the message uh, and uh, because I can I can say something that is just as that needs to be said you know because you want some, the message to be offensive not the delivery exactly yeah and I think I've gotten it the opposite way sure. you know in the past where it's more of the delivery same yeah you know 
And so what are some things that you're doing or that you've done to kind of help uh, shape that to where now it's back to the bar scene you talked about, you know, hey, can I pay for the bills? You know, hey, perfect. But like, what are some of the things that you go through? Because you talk about physical, mental. I think there's a lot of mental uh, agility there to be able to do something like that, to catch yourself awareness and things like that. So what are some of the things that you're doing that are balancing that for you? So for me personally or within Undaunted Life? Uh, both and maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for me personally, you know, if you're going to cultivate spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, physical is the easiest one. It's also the easiest one to see in other people. If someone's not cultivating physical resilience, you can see it for the, Mm -hmm. I mean, typically for every one person that is bad bodied via genetics, but is a monster, think of a Daniel Cormier or, you know, uh, the Tyson Fury, there are a hundred dudes that are just fat and lazy. Right. And so that's kind of the first thing is like, if you're going to develop and I guess we need to come back because I've used the word resilience several times. Um, resilience, whenever I talk about it, everyone loves to talk about strength, right? Mm. Strength is super, super popular. I'm going to try to get you know, stronger and you know I'm trying to have spiritual strength and all these different things. Strength wanes no matter what you do. Right. So physical strength, you know, when Hathor Bjornsson won the world's strongest man and the Arnold classic and Europe's strongest man a few years ago, that, you know, the three biggest strongman competitions, the day after those competitions were done, he was not the strongest man in the world. Mm -hmm. His body was broken down. He was beat up from three days of unbelievable, uh, unbelievably strenuous competition. Right. And so the, but his ability to bounce back as an athlete is something he's been training his whole life to do. So give him, you know, an ice bath and a couple of massages and maybe a week or two to recover. <laughs> and he's the strongest man in the world again, because he's resilient. His ability to bounce yeah. back is there. And so, you know, one of the things that you can do as a man is a lot of things you can do. You can cover multiple bases. So when I train jujitsu in the way that I work out and the way that I lift, I'm cultivating uh, physical and mental resilience at the same time, because I, I will tell you this Trent, I never want to work out. Ever. Yeah. There is not a morning where I wake (laughs) up and I'm like, all right, I get to put on my lifting shoes and go out there and, you know, lift heavy things and put them back down and then lift them up and put them back down again. I'm never excited to do it, but it's required of me. Okay. And and again, it's not for vanity's sake. It's not because I want to have, oh, how do I get these muscles and how do I make my veins pop out on this part part of my body? It's because if I'm given a task by God that requires physicality, I don't have time to train. I just have to say, yes, Lord, and go. Yeah. Right. Go. And yeah. so it, go back to the story within Nehemiah. We don't have stories mm. from when Nehemiah, when they were, they were all getting together where they had a training period. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, this is how you hold a hammer in one hand and your sword, <laughs> sword in the other, <laughs> right? This is how we're going to do that. Let's spend yeah. you know, 30 days figuring this out and let's get our, let's get our cardio ready to go. Cause we're going to have to be carrying heavy, heavy rocks and carrying wood and, you know, no, no, no. It's mm. go time. You've got to go. And most men are like, That's oh, good. I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. I've had people literally tell me to my face, Kyle, I will worry about my body when my kids are grown and gone. I was like, you mm. might be dead, brother. And so it's like, you're worried about spending more time with your kids now, but you're deleting years off the end of your life because you're lazy. Yeah. You, you want to, you want to move less and eat more. And that's, that's your whole paradigm. But the same thing with spiritual resilience is when you get into these moments, I have friends of mine and I've been in those places too, not to just poke, poke at my friends, you know, a friend loses his job and all of a sudden he's questioning whether or not God exists. It's like, my goodness, how did, where, right. you, where, what is your theology? Did you think that Christians were just supposed to have the red carpet rolled out for him? Like mm. you go to Joel Osteen's church, because when I read the new Testament, I don't get any of that. Like, Mm-mm. so the, like the people that were closest to Jesus, almost all of them died a martyr's death or, or, an, or they were exiled yeah. to an Island in the middle of nowhere where they, they died a lonely death. Okay. I guess that's somehow better than being crucified upside down. Where'd you get this idea that this was supposed to be easy? So when you're going through spiritual tor- turmoil, when you're doing something big for the kingdom and all of a sudden things start falling apart and Satan's picking out all these different areas of your life. What are you doing to bounce back from that? How are you fighting back? Because the thing is, is we don't have to depend on ourselves as much because we know how this ends. We're yeah. recovered in the blood of Jesus. We can, we can utilize the intercessory powers 100%. of the Holy Spirit. And it's just like, you're sitting here trying to figure out how you can, you know, white knuckle your way through it. But for, for most guys, they don't like discomfort. I guess we might be yeah. able to boil down my five minute diatribe here to most men don't <laughs> like being uncomfortable, right? So if something's mentally uncomfortable, like, oh, they don't really like reading or reading's hard for them or something like that. So they're just not going to read. Do it. Yeah. They're not going to develop their brains because it's difficult, you know, or, you know, I would really work out, but, you know, I do jujitsu, but what if I get hurt? It's like, you might get hurt. Like you might get hurt swinging a golf club. The odds are really low, but it's something that you could, that could possibly happen. So right. are you just going to avoid every situation? 
situation in your life where you might get hurt? Because here's something. What if somebody, you're out in public and you're walking around with your three-year-old daughter and someone runs up and snatches your three-year-old daughter and takes off? Well, guess what? If you take off after them, you might pull your hamstring. Yeah, I was going to say, right? what you about know, the hamstring? <laughs> if you're running on uneven ground, you, you might trip and fall. Yeah. Once you get there, you might have to put hands on that guy. He mm. might hurt you. He might be better at fighting than you are. Is that going to stop you from going to save your daughter? I don't know a single man that's going to mm-hmm. say no. But in that moment, what if you freeze up? What if you've never put yourself in that mental headspace of like, what if I have to do damage and potentially take a life to save a life? And, yeah. and most men just don't do the, the difficult thinking through in those areas of becoming spiritually, mentally, and physically resilient. So good. I, you know, we here on this podcast, you know, message that we send out is facing those storms. You know, it's like the buffalo runs into the storm, the cow runs away from it. You know, it's like not being the coward and avoiding those storms. You know, comfort is one of those storms. It's like if you're avoiding it, you're just being a coward. You're just, you're just avoiding the storm. No, yep. deal with it. You're going to get stronger through it. Uh, you know, the mental stuff, you know, the, the spiritual stuff. No, do the work, put in the exercises, put in the reps. You're right. They're not going to be fun. It's going to be painful. I'm, I'm actually training currently right now for a 50K. Hmm. Never ran further than a marathon before, like, but that was 30 some years ago when I was in college. Uh, you know, here we are, you know, 30 years later, and I'm like, hey, I think I'm ready to run a 50K. I haven't ran since. <laughs> but yeah. the whole point of it was, was to challenge myself physically and mentally. And spiritually, but in, and emotionally, like when I hit that wall in that 31 miles, you know, where's that going to be and how am I going to respond to it? Because how I respond to that when darkness falls at, say, I don't know, you know, mile 22 and I still have, you know, eight, nine more miles to go. How am I going to respond to that? And it's kind of to your point of like, you know, when someone, you know, takes your girl or when someone does something, how are you going to be ready to respond to it? And I think obviously it's the training, it's the things that we do uh, that prepares us to be ready for it. And so one of the things that you've been very outspoken about, at least on, you know, you know, I don't know if it's just recent, like I said, I've just discovered your podcast, so I'm diving into it uh, pretty deep. <laughs> and and some of the things that you've, you've mentioned, and I don't hear a lot about, because we, we've kind of beat up church culture a little bit, but we, we, it's true. We don't hear a lot about abortion. Uh, we don't hear a lot about, you know, pride month. We don't hear a lot about council culture. We don't hear a lot about those things within those circles, but yet aren't we the cause if we're not stepping up and speaking out or standing, holding that line, so to speak, and saying, no, this is wrong. Uh, we're, aren't we at play in allowing culture to just counsel itself instead of saying, no, these is, this is what's right. This is what's good. This is what we should be doing. This is just. And so you've spoken out a lot about those things. And what, uh, what would be your advice? Because I know that's, a, that's, that's facing a storm. I mean, that's hitting it hard, uh, which is not a very easy subject to talk about. So in facing those types of challenges and storms, like how would you, how do you advise uh, other guys? you know, who are, who need to stand up and they want to, but they just not sure how, what's the best way to approach those, those topics. Yeah. Most men don't step up because they're ill-equipped. And so the reason why Undaunted is here is to equip men to push back darkness. And so the thing is, is there's a lot of darkness. There's yeah. spiritual darkness, there's cultural darkness, there's darkness within the church, there's darkness within your neighborhood, within your household, within your heart. There's a lot of darkness that needs to be pushed back. And the reason why most of it isn't being pushed back is because men are not equipped to deal with it. So you brought up abortion. Let's talk about abortion. In my own Sunday school, at my own church, which is a conservative, small Bible, Bible, it's growing, but a small Bible church here a few miles away from my house. I've heard people make pro-abortion arguments, even in my Sunday school, where they're like, man, I'm super pro-life, but gosh. If the woman was raped, I just don't know that I could say that she should have that baby. I was like, okay, so you're only comfortable with baby murder if the circumstances of the conception are something that you think is icky. Right. And then it's like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. And so for most men, 
when they're not in the church. Because in the church, we can all hide behind our Bibleese and our, our Christianese language and yeah. all those types of things. But when you're at the workplace and someone says something like that, like, yeah, this Texas abortion law is so unbelievable. Like, I can't believe they're trying to legislate women's bodies. It's her body. It's her choice. And if you just go, sounds reasonable, right? You miss an opportunity to push back darkness. And the thing is, is you don't have to push back darkness like a douchebag. You can push back right. just by being the slightly bit logical. You can say to this person, it's like, oh, that's an interesting point of view. Um, are you talking about the woman's body or the separate human body that's inside her body? Which one are you referring to? Mm. Well, doesn't that change the conversation a little bit? Because mm. now I'm establishing that there's a second life to be considered here, but go all the way to the abortion thing. So it's like, or so not to the abortion thing, but to the, the rape and incest thing, which is like everybody's favorite boogeyman, even though that's well less than 1% of all abortions, which you're not supposed to say and blah, blah, blah. Cause then it's like, you're siding with the, with the abortion or with the uh, rapist or whatever, but it's like, ask a simple, but pointed question back. Like, okay. Do you think a child should get the death penalty for something that their father did? Are you equipped to ask that question? Because guess what? You don't have to give an answer for that. They do yeah. because they're the one that has the evil, a morally bankrupt point of view when it comes to life, because it's like, I don't care about how they were conceived when it comes to whether or not they should live. I care about mm. how they should be conceived. Cause me personally, if you're a rapist, I think you should be killed. Right. I, I think we, we don't use the death penalty enough in this country. I did a, sure. an episode a few weeks ago about the death penalty. And it's like, I think that we should uh, take people out for murder and also for rape. Because when you're raping someone, especially a child, you're mm -hmm. stealing something from them that they can't get back. A sexual yeah. innocence, you know, using your your deviance to to take their sexual innocence, which is an extension of the Imago Day. I'm sorry, I'm not interested in that. You die. Mm -hmm. And so, but the, the thing about most men is they're not equipped because they're not informed. I was having a conversation about a year and a half ago, probably on my back porch, me and my buddy are having a couple of cigars and a drink. And I just mentioned Marxism and he goes, Marxism, what's that? And I'm mm. like, oh, like. Like like Marxism, like Karl Marx, like communism, you know the the you know communist manifesto, that whole thing. He's like, he looked at me like I had a boob on the top of my head. He's like, uh, well, I've never heard of this before. And so here right. I am with an adult, a smart man that is so out of of any because uh, he doesn't read books, he doesn't really watch the news, he doesn't really do any of those things. And here I am mentioning something, but you get guess what? That guy's going to complain about an LGBTQ book that's in his child's school. Right. He's going to complain about gender right. ideology. He's going to complain about critical race theory. But guess what? He has no idea where critical race theory even comes from. He doesn't know he comes from critical theory, which comes from the Frankfurt School, which comes from Marxism, which comes from Karl Marx, which comes from, you know, Satan's butthole. Like that is basically <laughs> the, the idea. Right. He has no idea why he's mad. He thinks he's mad about critical race theory. He's not. He's mad about something way bigger, but he's not engaged enough in the world around him. He doesn't read books. He doesn't He doesn't pay attention long enough to be able to fight these fights. Imagine being a, a Navy SEAL, right? You know, the upper echelon, top, tippy top echelon, and yet you don't have cardio. You don't know how to shoot. Like, uh, you, you know, you're sick, you know, all these different things. At that moment, are you actually a SEAL? You might have your trident, mm. but you're not a SEAL. You're not able to protect anyone. A lot of men are trying to walk into these school boards and walk into their, you know, office space, and they've got no weapons. And they're yeah. facing a bunch of people with, you know, Chinook helicopters and bazookas. It's like, you're going in there with a potato gun, son. You're not going to make it. Huh. Yeah, I... You know, I, I, I asked that question because it's it's something that's been stirring in me for um, a, a, a couple of years now, a few years, uh, as a matter of fact. And I, I'm, I, was, I was probably that guy many years ago where I didn't understand a lot of the things going on in the world. I didn't watch the news. I didn't even want to read it because it was just like, I'm in my bubble and I'm just going to stay in my bubble. Right. But that doesn't push back darkness. Nope. That doesn't push back. And I, I feel like, okay. And Trent, can I the, can actually yeah. uh, uh, interrupt here as well? Uh, Christian men are especially bad at this yeah. because some of them get the idea that they don't need to be involved in culture. Yeah. Right. They'll be like, 100%. oh, I'm, I'm not going to deal with politics. I'm just going to, I'm going to worry about the gospel. It's like, does the gospel not inform what we should do politically? Yeah. Right. And so it's like, we're called to be salt and light. And, and yet we want to put a dimmer on the light and we want the salt to not be very coarse. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's one yeah. of those things where it's like, okay, well, salt can't preserve anything if it's not salty and the light can't shine the way if it's turned off. But uh, anyway, I was just thinking about that because Christian men are especially bad about it. No, a hundred percent. And this last, I, I would say since honestly, you know, it's been slowly this, this transition for me of coming, 
you know, into this awakening of like, wait a minute here. Um, you know, last year, a friend of mine who was a former Navy SEAL, uh, who's writing a book right now, uh, an indictment on America. And he's the only person that I saw boldly stand up and say something during June uh, about Pride Month and how none of the churches are actually saying anything about it. None of them are pushing back against this. Wait a minute. Why are we celebrating you know, something that is a, 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 a sin, you know, that's clearly a sin, you know, and that, you know, they're using the, the, uh, the rainbow and yada, yada, yada. And he went on, you know, it was just beautifully done the way he said it. And I it started challenging me. I'm like, crap, what the heck am I doing? What am I? I mean, b- but back to your point, and I, I want to kind of flush this out just a little bit more. And it is the education piece. It is the being informed piece. And you know, I, I, I'll say that I've watched more uh, news or headline type stuff trying to figure out what's going on out there, what is really, truly happening so that I can go, wait, wait a minute, I don't like this. No, that's not right. And, and to try to push back against it. But there's a, I think there's a very fine line there of where you can go into the ditch, right? So I think the, I guess the question would be is like, what are, you, what are some of the resources? What are the things that you're doing to educate and inform yourself to be prepared enough to have that educated conversation? Yeah, I don't, you mentioned like, oh, you do it so much that you put yourself in a ditch. Like, I don't know very many people that get there. Like, I don't think it's it's a subtle line. It's a bold line. Because if you are, if all you do every day is you wake up, you immediately get on Twitter, you go through your favorite news right. podcast, you go through all that, and you do that until the time you go to sleep, that's too much. You've made an yeah. idol of being in the know, right? You, you've yep. made an idol of avoiding FOMO, right? Like that, that's kind of the deal. Most guys aren't anywhere close to that, okay? And so the, the, the ways of doing that are, are subtle and simple, right? So you can follow some podcasts that, that look at things, uh, maybe through a conservative lens or, or a biblical lens, or maybe even some that are more centrist or more left-leaning to kind of give you an idea of what's out there, right? right yeah. um, so you know, I think some great ones are uh, The Daily Wire has a morning show called Morning Wire. So it's tinged with conservative thought, but it's mainly just the news. And that's Monday through Saturday. And it's like 10-minute podcasts, right? Then Albert Moeller has, it's the briefing. It's one of the most important podcasts in existence, but you know, he's the president of Southern Baptist Seminary and all that, but he does Christian news and events, or sorry, uh, news and events from a Christian worldview, right? So he's looking at these big topics Monday through Friday, but he's breaking them down through a biblical gospel-centered lens and saturating yourself and marinating yourself and those types of things is very, very important because there's nothing virtuous about not knowing anything. Right. Right. I think some people like that was cool, like in junior high to make fun of the kid that studied for the test. Mm. It's like, you're 40. Like (laughs) you don't get any plaudits from your friends for being a moron. Like, what are you talking about? And so, but again, it's the same thing. Like my dad, I love my dad. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's never voted in a single election in his life. And in recent years, when he starts Mm. to complain about politics, I was like, dad, you don't get, you don't get to complain. Yeah. Like you have never once voted for a political candidate in a national election, a local election or otherwise. I'm sorry. I don't care about your complaints. Right. And you get your arguments from one show on Fox News in the evenings. Right. Mm. So I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to Sean Hannity. And for you, it's like, I may not be listening to you. I might be listening to Ben Shapiro. It's like, I don't need to hear the argument from you. I might as well get it from the horse's mouth. But it's saturating yourself in those things, but also having a biblical lens on things Mm, as well. Yeah. You can't put things through a biblical lens if you don't read the Bible, right? That's right. You yeah. can't put things into a conservative lens if you never think conservatively. And so, and again, I probably don't do the world's best job of listening to too many of the arguments from the other side. I allow some of those arguments to be framed. But at the same time, I've heard all the pro-abortion arguments before. There's nothing new. They don't have anything new that they yeah. can throw out, out at me. There's not another scenario of this, this poor woman uh, in this poor dilapidated situation that's going to change my mind about what's occurring inside of the womb of a person. My wife's belly can, right now, like there's no question as to what's developing inside her. We're not worried about, is it going to come out a kitty cat? Is it going to come out a Volkswagen? Is it going to come out a water bottle? We know what's going to happen if we allow yeah. this baby to come to term. But, but for most men, Get have a Twitter not to inter, interact with trolls, but to get some news to kind of direct you to things that are happening in your area. Uh, you know, pay attention to local 
media. Pay attention to local things because you're so worried about whether or not Trump's going to run again in 2024. But the person that was just elected to your school board is going to be directing what things are going to be put into your child's ear. That is so, so true. And I think that's the, that's the thing that's been kind of, I guess, stirring in me a little bit. And by the way, before I say that, uh, congratulations on, on the little one. Uh, so, uh, but that, that's the thing that's been stirring on me is like, okay, you, we can be all looking at the national side of things, but what about the local, you know, how involved are we locally, uh, with those, you know, whether it's the school board, whether it's the council, city council, county, whatever state, uh, and whatnot. And so I think that's just something that's been, yeah, just kind of percolating, stirring in me is like, okay, how, how involved am I, you know, and, you know, not everybody's necessarily wants to jump into politics or whatever, but uh, I, I think there's still some right that we, we, we need to be uh, educated and informed. Yeah. Well, I think I, the reason why a lot of people don't want to be engaged in politics is because it's going to require something of them. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, they don't really want to do it. And so, but again, they want to complain about something that they want to have, they want to do no due, due diligence in. And like, imagine complaining uh, about, you know, you're helping your kid set up like a model, make a model, and you're complaining about the model, but you've never even taken it out of the box. You're like, oh, it's probably going to be broken and the glue's probably not going to work all that great. It's like, bro, you haven't even taken the plastic off the box. That's how most men are. Like, they don't want to be engaged in politics, but they want to complain about things that can be taken care of in the political realm. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't have a whole lot of patience for that. Yeah. And, and a quote that just came to mind when you were saying that, and uh, I've heard this, geez, man, it's probably 25 plus years ago. It was like, when men don't know what to do, they do nothing. And uh, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's where we're, we're sitting. So. Well, it goes back to what I was saying about the church. If men don't feel like there's anything yeah. for them to do, if there's no place for them, they will find their place for them. It might just be in the lazy boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, well, man, this has been a, a good conversation and I don't, you know, uh, what are some of the things I know you've got, um, you know, undaunted life podcast, you've got some books out there, uh, definitely want guys to tune into those things, but what are some other things that you're, that you're excited about you're working on that's coming up that guys can kind of get behind and, and follow? Yeah, we don't have any books. We do have devotionals. I keep getting hit up okay. about doing books. But again, I like I said, I have a skill set for writing, but it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. So the, the thought of putting 50,000 or 80,000 words down uh, you know, to explain all this is, is maybe not the best. So if you want to get some more content like this, uh, Undaunted Life, a man's podcast, uh, we're everywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, you know, Google, you know, uh, Apple, all those different places. And we release two podcasts a week. It's typically one interview and then one uh, podcast where I'm going on a Maybe it's a macro topic. Maybe I'm talking about the the bystander effect, or I'm talking about the the Overton window or critical race theory, or maybe I'm covering things that are currently happening in the news cycle. Um, and that that's one of the best ways that people can get with us. But one of the big things about what we do is we currently don't sell anything. I mean, we sell t-shirts, which we make, I don't know, three, four bucks off of a t-shirt. We don't make very much at all. But the only way that we're able to put content out there is because we have donors. So we have people that will get on our website. So if you go to undaunted.life, that's the actual website, www.undaunted.life backslash donate. That's how people can give to this ministry because people love the podcast. They share it around. They love the devotionals. They share it around. Those are all free. Right. And the only way that we're able to sustain doing this, and we've doubled the size of our podcast in terms of the amount of episodes we released this year. Right. And we're, we're going to be doing more devotionals as it comes up next year, but that's the only way that we can actually get that done. I know people get a little bit weird about, about money and giving and all that, but that's, that's it. Like if you want more content like this for your ear hole or for your eyes or whatever, like, like this is how we we get that done. But in terms of next year, um, there's some more devotionals that we're looking at coming out. Um, We're looking at doing some things like that are a little bit more tangible for men that are Mm -hmm. wanting to do a men's group per se, Mm -hmm, Uh, some mm -hmm. resources for those groups. So it's like, Hey, if you want to do a men's group in the undaunted way, then, okay, here's how you would do that. Or if you're a church that wants to, you know, kind of set up a man-friendly church, here's some ways that you can do that. Because that's the thing is, you know, I I am a paid speaker, so I'll go to churches and speak at events and do these different things, but I don't want to play into the same thing I'm fighting against. I don't want to be the guy that they bring in to talk to their guys once a year. I come in, I set set everything on fire, I burn it down and walk away. It's like, okay, I I would like for churches to be able to, to use my my speech or use my appearance at their conference as a jumping off point to create a man-friendly experience. And so that's what uh, 2022 is going to be focused on a lot while at the same time in March, uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll be welcoming baby boy number two. And so yeah. that's going to have its own unique set of circumstances and, you know, still got to work out, still got to train jujitsu yeah. and still got to be a good husband, like <laughs> not in any particular order there, uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the 2022 is going to be an interesting year uh, for Undaunted Life. We've, we've seen some unprecedented growth with the things that we've been doing this year. Um, 
but uh, the other thing about it is a lot of men find our content and they're like, oh my gosh, where has this been? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, they're they're sad that this show's been around since 2017. Our content's mm-hmm. been around for several years and and they never knew about it. So that's the encouragement I would give to your listeners as well. Is like if you like our content, if you like the stuff that we're doing, don't keep it a secret because Absolutely. a lot of guys do that. Like they'll yeah. find a they'll find a new restaurant and that's just their new jam, but they don't tell anyone else about it. Like they find a new movie and they don't tell anyone else about it. If this stuff is landing with you, it's if it's important, share it with everyone around you, but also share it with your, your pastors. Mm-hmm. And so many guys have said, Hey, I've taken some of your arguments and your way of thinking. And I went and talked to our lead pastor about how we can make the church more man friendly. You know, I'll get reached out to by, you know, uh, leaders of, um, you know, worship leaders. And they're like, I've never considered the men in the song choice whenever I've yeah. been putting together a playlist. And I'm doing that now because I listened to your podcast. I think it was one one seventy six or something like that, where I'm talking specifically about, uh, men's uh men's feelings while worship music is being played it's called you know contemporary worship music is for women and effeminate men so share the stuff around if if i can help your church individually you can always reach out that way but that'll be the best things going into 2022 yeah it's great great advice there man is in sharing it i've uh i've been challenged by that this year is the same thing is just sharing 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 and and uh it is true like somebody will reach out and say oh dude i love this i'm like hey share it right (laughs) share it around baby like that's great uh, glad you love it share it so well kyle thank you so much uh brother for coming on i uh, love your your insight and what you're doing and uh we'll uh continue to follow you and i'm excited to to see great things in 2022 from you so all right thanks for having me you bet brother Hey, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. That will definitely help us get this message out to more people. Also, if you haven't done so already, let's connect. You can connect with me on my website, timdouglasinspires.com, and or on the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let me know that you listened to the podcast and that's how you found me. Lastly, stay tuned for more to come. And I definitely want to thank you again for subscribing, for sharing, this with your friends, leaving a review, all that good fun stuff. So until next time, go out there, face your storms, make your difference in the world, and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way podcast. Thank you.